What's up, guys? Welcome into episode seven of the Checkerboard Check-In. With the usuals again tonight, it's a fine Thursday night. We've got Keenan, Sawyer, Murphy, and D. Scott joining in on the road. Boys, what's going on? Hey, D. Scott, go ahead and mute yours if it's not already. I think I was hearing a little something there, but it's not too bad, even if you forget. I got you. All right, we'll get into uh, basketball. Any anytime it's anytime it's good to get a win over over Georgia. I don't care what sport it is. You got any sport, any sport the Bulldogs take an L, I'm happy. So, I mean, I, I didn't get to watch much of the game. Um, my two words on the game, my recap is just Keon Johnson. So, I'll let I'll let y'all jump into it. Y'all probably watched more than I did. I mean, everything I saw on Twitter, it seemed like the offense is maybe finally establishing their foot. Maybe maybe it's going to stay consistent now, now that we've realized we got two insane freshmen that are going to be first-round picks. But that's my two cents. Keon Johnson, two words. I'll hand it off to y'all. What you got? Agreed. Absolutely. You, you nailed it. Uh, we might have an identity, finally, for this basketball team. Um, you know, it, it's good to have five or six guys that you trust, you know, take over or take a final shot. But it's it's even better to have two go-to players, and you know if that's our two freshmen, so be it. Uh, Springer, thirty points. Uh, I'm 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 thinking that's our first thirty-point game since uh, maybe a Grant Williams thirty-point game. And uh, you know, as as flashy as Keon Johnson is, that's how steady Jaden Springer is. Uh, he, he, he's a rock and, and he, you know, he gets his buckets and he had, you know, he has his go-to moves and that little five to eight foot in the lane jump shot for our two freshmen is about a deadliest shot as I've seen for anybody in the NCAA this year. Uh, but you know, that it all comes back to that Keon Johnson dunk, you know, turning, turning TBA and, and the summit into a crime scene last night. Uh, it's just stupid. It's absolutely stupid. That was, uh, I think it, I think it got, uh, number one on sports center. I, I saw that tweet today. Uh, but you know, you should beat Georgia though. You should beat Georgia. And it's a little disconcerting, uh, how they finished that game. And, you know, I, I, I tune it to youth or a fresh lineup or whatever you do, but you got to, you, you, you got to finish the game better because there, there's no way that's going to fly, you know, once you get to March and once you get to postseason play. And I think, I think we got LSU, South Carolina, uh, Kentucky, and Auburn maybe left. Those should all be W's. Absolutely should all be W's. And um, we'll, we'll see if the progression continues. Personally, I think the the guard lineup is the key going forward. Uh, you, you start James, Springer, Johnson, and Vescovi with a Fulkerson lineup, even when Pons is healthy. I like that lineup a lot. It, it, it gets up and down the court, and I think that's when this team's at its best is when it gets up and down the court. And uh, I, I think that's that's the direction this team should head going forward. Yeah, I think you saw last night that 
they really missed having Pons in there defensively. Um, Georgia was able to make that run there towards the end of the game and and kind of make it more of a game than it probably should have been. But like you said, you, you definitely saw our two alphas kind of take over. And, and I hate how, how much Springer's being outshined by Keon's dunk, but I mean, you can't, you can't blame everybody for being obsessed with that dunk, but Springer going and getting 30, just like you said, shows how consistent he can be. And, and if those two can keep going forward, being consistent, then I think Tennessee will be just fine. Um, my main takeaway again, is kind of the same story with Fulkerson. Where, where was he? You know, it, it wasn't a, a great game for him again. Um, to me, he, he looks like he's dealing with something. I, I just, I can't, every time I watch him, it just looks like he's, he's got something, something hurt with him. He just doesn't look like a healthy Fulkerson at all. No, it doesn't. And and I think them sitting ponds last night, even with the sore knee, maybe, and and I know you, you lose a lot if you sit both of those guys, but they've got to find a way, I think personally to sit him Fulkerson, I mean, and give him a night, maybe, you know, maybe not against LSU, but uh, somewhere you got to find some time to give him some time to heal. Cause I personally think he's, he's not healthy. Um, so I don't know what you do there, but another great showing from the freshman, like always. So if we can keep them going, I think we'll be all right. What I like about the freshman the most is, uh, and I think it was Springer that I saw said it after the game, you know, they asked him how he felt about it. And he said, and this is coming off a 30 piece. He said, you know, we ended that game really sloppy. We turned the ball over a lot. I turned the ball over a lot. You know, it, it'd be easy to say, well, I dropped 30. I had a good game and be done with it. He's owning up to what he needs to get better at, what the team needs to get better at. And, I mean, to me, that's a that's a leadership quality right there. And I don't care if he is a freshman, him or Keon, they could say either one of those things because, I mean, quite honestly, there are two best players. And I think your best players need to step up and be your best leaders too. So, I mean, takeaway, I didn't get to watch most of it. I had to listen to it on the radio. But from the sound of it, especially early in the game, we were getting out on the run, like Keenan said, we were just going. And I think we hit like three threes within our first four four, four or five buckets. I mean, when's the last time a Tennessee team did that? Probably back in the Grant days. So, uh, to me, it's like when the team just plays more freely where they're not so worried – when they, they mess up more when they're trying not to mess up, if that makes sense. When they're so worried about running the play the way it has to be run and everything, which, I mean, you want to do that stuff too, but sometimes you can try not to mess up, but you still mess up. And I like it. This team's built to run. I mean, we don't have a big, big guy who's going to hold us back from being able to get out and transition or anything. So, man, when we get a rebound – Take off. Let the let them let the boys run. Yeah, I mean it's it's I, it's kind of baffled me all year that we haven't got out and run more. With with you see all the athletes that are on this team, especially the young athletes. That there's there's so many. If your young athletes get tired, sit them down. If they make a dumb mistake, sit them down. Then you can slow down the tempo. But I think we're definitely built, especially like Canada, so that small ball lineup. I mean, you, you've seen that get more popular, more shooters on the court, more speed. I mean, that that's a lineup that if, if we can really – I don't want to say develops not the right word, but I guess it kind of is just mm-hmm. develop it more, especially – what is it, February 10th now? February 11th? Yeah, I mean, you, you this time next month, you're, you're in it. So, 
it's it's a good development. Like like y'all said, I mean, it's still it's kind of concerning that the young mistakes still rear their head, not closing out the end, letting them. They they were never really back in it. I don't think from what I saw, but I mean, it. You'd like to see instead of an eight point win, you'd like to see that close out to a fifteen to eighteen. But it's a win, you know. I've we've seen this team struggle a couple times this year, so. After watching that Florida game, I don't think there's much I can complain about with a win, especially an SEC win. So I'll stick no, with it. It's our best midweek midweek game in weeks. Um, what what is what is Barnes love? He loves guards. What wins in March? Guards win in March. They do. And so I think you have to stick with the guards. I think you need to develop that lineup, grow that lineup. Because that's what wins, you know, come this time of year is guard play. And, you know, I think we're just scratching the surface of, of Keon Johnson and Jaden Springer. And and that's kind of scary considering one just got 30 and one may have gotten the dunk of the year in the same game. So After getting 27, uh, you know, too. 20, 27 and Rupp. So I think you embrace that. Uh, you know, it's not an outlier. You embrace it and you, you you run with it and you literally run with it. And I think that's the pace this team should be playing. And, you know, if you, if you can't get, if you can't keep up, then you won't get minutes. So I, I think, I think this team needs to run and, and get out and move. And, you know, that's going to bring the offense along. I'm not so sure this team is built for half court offense. And and running will only allow for you know more points. What do we score? Eighty nine against Georgia. So I, I think this team needs to head in that direction, and uh, I think it'll only benefit them come March. My my main takeaway from it was, I mean, it's kind of been the last couple of weeks. I think I've said it before now. Josiah Jordan James is the truth. I mean, he's he's becoming what he was supposed to be a five-star at a high school. <laughs> and you can say what you want about, like, the expectations coming out, but he, he's finally – I mean, you that's why I'm looking at his stats right now. Shockingly, compared to last year, his stats aren't really just exponentially better. But you can tell, I mean, he he doesn't look lost to the court, which at he times He fills out the year, stat sheet. You know, yeah. he, he he's he's your Tony Allen, if you will, for Memphis Grizzlies fans. He, he does everything. And one thing that I love about him – is you can see him talking to the young guys on the court. You can see him teaching them. And I think he's an extension of, you know, the old guard, if you will, the Grant Williams, Schofield, Alexander Bone team. You know, I think he's our last extension from that team. And he brings that, you know, presence to to these young guys. And I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love the player that he's become. He looked lost at times last year. And from that to turn into an absolute leader on this team, um, you know, it speaks to the coaches. It speaks to his development. And, you know, I'm just really impressed with everything that he's become, as you say. Yeah, I mean, he without him being just kind of that steady presence with Pons and folks, and like we said, that's just kind of – Pons is more of an injury, but with folks and we, we don't really know what's – I don't know what's going on, but he's not – it's not the Falky that we're used to seeing that absolutely baptized every Kentucky player last year. So, I <laughs> I don't know. It's like I think, I, I think we said it last week. If, if he's hurt, I just kind of 
come out and say these hurt. Like, like Murphy said, like, get him rest something. Like when Ponds comes back, like, cause this is a big game. Saturday, is it Saturday we play LSU? Yeah. In Baton Rouge. I mean, that's a big one. That's, I mean, you're sitting at 14 and four. I mean, 14 and five is going to kill you. We're, we're still sitting fine standings wise, but that's going to be a big test of where you at right now. Like, right before March comes. So I'm excited. Looks like the offense is finally coming through, like we said, but and Keon Johnson, absolutely filthy. I, I don't think so we'll we'll take a vote. I don't think it was filthier than Admirals. I don't think. Oh uh, no, the Admiral against Mississippi State, that that Keon's was good. It was great. Admirals was better. I I agree sixty. Yeah, I agree 60-40, I think. Yeah, more admirable. Yeah. I, I, I equate Keon's dunk more with Jordan Bowden at Vanderbilt. I think that's yeah. more of a close comparison. Yeah. I was I mean, there that night that Bowden did that against Vanderbilt, and, like, I was sitting behind that goal. And we, <gasps> when they threw that pass, I was like, what the heck? And then Bowden comes out of the freaking clouds and just, <laughs> oh, my God, it's the best dunk I'd ever seen in person. And yes, like, sir. But we were sitting. It was all Tennessee fans. That place was going nuts. Murphy, which one you got? Uh, I'm more of an admiral guy personally. Just okay. Just the way he he throws it down with authority. That that does it for me. Not to say Keon's isn't impressive, but I agree with Keenan. That's more on par with the the Bowden. The, the, the inbound. The one thing that kind of makes me more lean Keon, which I kind of. I kind of saw what they were talking about. The point they made was – I don't remember who it was. It was somebody on Vol Twitter earlier today that it's a, it is a little bit more impressive when the defender tries to jump with you and gets a dunked on than taking a charge. I think it looks cleaner when you, you dunk on somebody that takes a charge, but I could I could go either way. I'm not, I'm not going to complain with us putting someone on a poster after Kamwa got uh, his head dunked on a couple mm. weeks ago. Yeah, so. at Ole Miss, yeah. Another good uh, player you know, there, Kamwa, that I, I think's improved. I mean, he he's still got a long way to go. Exponentially. He, he's got a long way to go, but I know there were times last year watching him where I was like, get him off the court, like, please. Like, he's he, – not only was he lost, but he, he couldn't play physical with anybody. And this year he's looked defensively and rebounding, like you said, exponentially better. Offense, he's still, he's still got work, but – I've been impressed with him. Too. Does he look like he's taller this year, or maybe just he looks? Oh, he's he looks grown. He's definitely grown. I've yeah. noticed that too. Yeah, he, like, he, he looks he more looks like, out. He looked kind of like a mini Grant last year, like just his size in general. I'm not saying like he was, you know. He's longer this year. He's definitely yeah. longer. Yeah, I know. He looks that like too. he's about a good six ten now. He ain't small. He ain't no. small. That's for sure. Well, that's all I had basketball wise. We got, I'm sure, anybody's tuning in. They want to. They want to hear. They've been on Twitter at all. They're wanting to hear what just dropped on. Got which. What's got most of us smiling right now? It's the Rodney Garner news. But anybody else? Any notes on basketball? That's it. All right. That's all I got. That's all I got. Feed we'll the freshmen. Keep yeah. feeding them. Feed the freshmen. That's a good way to summarize it. We'll go. We'll, we'll start. Offensively, um, Josh Heupel, his first staff at Tennessee as the Tennessee coach, pretty much in place now. I mean, I, you've always got grad assistants, analysts, stuff like that. But uh, as far as position coaches go, um, 
Rodney Garner, obviously. We'll run through the offensive, I guess. We've got um, – we'll start Glenn Ellerby on the offensive line. He, he was kind of the first one that broke through offering people. Um, seems like he's going to be offensive line coach, I mean, with, with what we've got there. Um, quarterbacks is Joey Hazel. Is that how you say his last name? It's H-A-L-Z-L-E. I'm, yep. I'm guessing it's Hazel. Okay. Got good track record with quarterbacks. Uh, Mackenzie Milton, obviously. Any Anytime you hear that name, that kind of excites you at a place like UCF that's got a – I mean, if UCF has a household name, there's some been some decent coaching going on at least. My pick for the best hire on the staff so far without Garner pre-30 minutes ago was Cody Burns from Auburn. He's – I think he's early 30s, and he's already – to the point where he, he's got a premier spot on a premier staff, whether you say it was at Auburn or now coming to Tennessee. That's my one to click, honestly. I mean, I, I saw that one, and that's – regardless of how he can coach on the field, him being that young and being able, sounds like, to relate to players well is really what I'm excited about with him. Um. Who am I missing? Offensive coordinators, uh, Alex Golish, same UCF holdover, just like from earlier. And then running backs coach. I'm trying to see. I had his coaching history pulled up earlier. Let's see. Jerry Mack. No, he's the Ross offensive coordinator. Um, relatively young guy, too. From Memphis. But what's that? He's from Memphis, apparently. From so, Memphis, yeah. That was the yeah, big thing I noticed with him. Says he's 40. You gotta think that, yeah, I mean, you got to think that that whole hire, well, most of it, I'm not saying the only reason, was because Memphis is an area that, I think traditionally that we haven't recruited just super well. So, in I mean, there's studs in Memphis. We all know it in any sport. So, if you can recruit that part of the state well, then it just opens up everything else too. That's a good – I think more than – that's a good point. I think more than like a, a foothold in Memphis, I think we, we've had guys that we would pull out occasionally. One, I mean, you, you think back guys like Trey Smith, it's close Memphis right there. You've got the Whitehaven trio from last year. So you've got you've got some guys that I, I think we have been able to pull across the state, but not really – I don't think I'd really go out to say Memphis has been one of our stomping grounds of recruiting here lately. I, I don't think that would be a stretch really. But that's, that's the staff right there. Finished up today on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, I think it's solid. I mean, we'll, we'll get we'll get reaction from it, but – I mean, it's kind of the situation of wait and see, like we've like we've been saying. Because I mean, at Jeremy Pruitt's first staff too was a solid staff, and maybe it was maybe it was a solid staff, and it was more of the head coach that got in the way of that, or maybe maybe it was vice versa. So I don't know if I don't know if we'll ever really know that. But to me, I mean, it. I know some people that didn't like. I think I mentioned it last week. Some people didn't like bringing over so many UCF holdovers. I mean, if you're if you're scoring 50 a game, why would you want to change it out? I think was my main point with that. Like so I think LRB a huge upgrade on on Will Friend as well. I think LRB yeah. will be a massive upgrade. 
yeah. So I, I mean, I, the main main one, like I said, I'm excited about. I'll get y'all to is Cody Burns. Sorry, who who's your guy? Uh, on the offensive side, man, I mean, I like Cody Burns, too, just because he's established himself as a really good recruiter. And like you said, he relates to players well. Um, I like the running back hire, the running backs coach, Jerry Mack, just because. Uh, John, I still haven't even learned his name yet. It's been so new. I do like that, though, that we're not getting caught up in names right now. It's kind of like, hey, he's got a good track record. What's his name again? Yeah, we'll yeah, ride with him. It's Who better cares? to get caught up in reputation than actual name. Yeah, Jerry Mack. Yeah, you were right. I was thinking John Mackey for some reason. But yeah. the reason I like that one is because, like I said, you know, we we never have recruited, or not, not to my knowledge, never have recruited West Tennessee well. And, you know, Memphis, like I said, it's got a lot of really good players. Uh I guess it was the class of 2020. You know, we, we got the Whitehaven trio. We got uh, uh, Omari Thomas. Is that his name? The line? Yeah. Yeah. From Briarcrest. Yep. Yeah. Jabari Small. You know, we got a couple guys from over in there, but. Who incidentally played basketball with Kennedy Chandler, our number one point guard for next year. Yep. Hey, out in, so. West, out in West Tennessee, maybe he'll pull you, Sawyer. Maybe he'll. You got any eligibility left? <laughs> well. You know, I I am just a senior at UNA, but my knees left long ago, so I don't know about it anymore. I think you, you, I had you the rock forty times a game. You'll get me. You'll get me sixty yards. I'm betting. Oh you, yeah. You you put the over under right about there. I think you could. Yeah. I've, just, just, uh, I've got I've got faith in my guys. Murphy, who Henry workload. Uh, yeah. Okay, you can be the short yardage back then. We got it. <laughs> Murphy, who's your guy? Um, I I don't know. You got a little bit of everything on this staff, right? You got some guys with with experience at, and good track record at UCF. I mean, like you said, people are upset about that whole thing. But if if we put up forty five fifty a game, who's going to care? Who's coaching? Um, you get some SEC experience with Burns, and then with Mac, you've got ties to to Memphis and other places. If I had to pick a guy. I would probably say um, Hazel just because of his track record with the quarterbacks and yeah. how important yeah, quarterback okay, he's going to be moving forward. Um, not, not so you got young quarterbacks not in this room that are going to need to be guided through. And a guy that's worked with Mackenzie Milton and uh, was it is it Dylan Gabriel? Is that his name? The guy that's yeah. there now. Yeah. yeah. So so a guy that, that knows how to do it and and you know you throw Hypel in that equation as well. But uh, I'll take Hazel as my I guess the guy I'm looking forward to the most just because I think we've seen it the last couple of years watching how the quarterbacks uh, quarterback play has been one of the main reasons to drag us down. So if you can kind of get that moving in the right direction, everybody else stays on that same plane. I think, I think we'll do, we'll do pretty good yeah. offensively at least. He probably, he probably would have been my next closest guy. Yeah. I just something about the young receivers, young receivers, young quarterbacks. It's I'm glad that we're getting guys that, aren't necessarily big name guys, but they've shown, I mean, to be that young and already, like we said, to be that young and already be in this kind of position bodes well for the rest of their career, bodes well for what they've done so far offensively. So I, I think we kind of said it when the Jeremy Pruitt first went down, Josh Hopple first happened, get the right guys, I think was, was my quote with it was kind of our general consensus was, 
we we've seen i i think we, we kind of came down to that was my thing was i'd rather have a guy that is a fiery coach a young dude that's that's hungry that's trying to get the get big paycheck rather than the guy that's got the big paycheck has several big paychecks and now he's just kind of going through the motions i mean it's probably good motions that he's going through because he's he's done it long enough done it well enough to get a check like that but I, i'm glad we're getting guys that seem like they're not i don't i wouldn't call them under the radar guys necessarily but guys that have a good track record they're not flashy but they're going to get the job done in what they're doing no matter how big or small their role is d scott you right. got anybody if he's with us he might be he <laughs> might be i had to i had i got a new phone it's really big so i have to use both hands to oh i got you i got it you all over um now i'm gonna go with hazel um, just because of how much we struggle at quarterback and then how much talent we have. Um, I think bringing in the right guy for that, um, that that's just going to make the bigger difference, you know, because that's – quarterback is ultimately the main position that you need to focus on because that needs to be your leader. That needs to be your field, uh, your field general. So if you don't have the right coach with those guys, then, I mean, you're kind of screwed, which, like I said, we've seen with JG. So – yeah. yeah, that's that's that, that would probably be mine right now. Um, I think it's like you said earlier, I'm kind of, I guess, overshadowed by the, the Garner hire right now. So thinking about other coaches is kind of my least priority. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we you mentioned it. Let's get into it, I guess. They've got it broke close to 30, uh, 45 minutes before we got on, but you got Ronnie Garner on the staff now. I mean, that's a guy that ever since reports of a Jeremy Pruitt firing came out, even if it was going to be Jeremy Pruitt, if it was Kevin Steele, if it was whoever it was. I mean, Rodney Garner has been – has he been on our hot board list since before a head coach has been on our hot board list? I think he has. He's been coveted. He's been coveted for a long time. I think even before we hired Jeremy Pruitt, he's he's been a guy in the SEC that has built a reputation of – the stoutest of defenses um, against against the best this conference has to offer on the offensive side. Rodney Garner has absolutely been one of the masterminds of shutting down an Alabama offense uh, that has been unlike anything we've seen here lately. And it, it, it speaks volumes that he's willing to commit to a staff that doesn't even have a defensive coordinator it tells you he wants to be here, and that's the type of coaches we need. Uh, we we need people who want to be here. You know, whether you know, I'll, I you know, I'm indirectly speaking about the people who don't want to be here, Al Washington, or or you know anybody else that would have just been here for the money. It's very refreshing to have someone. You know, and you know, as much as it's refreshing, it's surprising too. Because uh, we've we've kind of been, you know, treated like a rent and mule lately. You know, we we're we're kind of the redheaded stepchild right now. Uh, we we got the sanctions looming. Um, as far as the defensive coordinator is concerned, uh, it's it might not be the most attractive thing to be a defensive coordinator at a school where you're going to have to be on the field constantly. Uh, you, you, with this offense that we're about to be running. 
you're, you're, you're absolutely going to be on the field constantly. And, you know, you, your goal is to never allow points, but, you know, you may be asked to only, you know, stop a team every other possession or something like that. It's, it's, it's not an attractive thing for, you know, a defensive coordinator who's used to allowing no points and, and, you know, stops on every possession, but, you know, it, it, just to have, just to have Gardner commit to some, you know, to a vision. And I, I think that's, that's a huge step forward for this staff. I really do. And for whatever reason, I, I hope they use this as a kickstart, uh, you know, to move forward. Cause I, I think it's absolutely massive. I, I think it's huge. And I, I'll shout out, um, it feels like 98 Vol recruiting on Twitter. I don't know if some of y'all may follow him. He's, he's pretty decent what he does on Twitter, but he put out a really good post that has Rodney Garner's top all-time commits just from 24-7 sports. And, I mean, looking at the list of not only defensive linemen, just good prospects. I mean, I'll read through some of them, but, I mean, Rodney, Rodney Garner was a recruiter for Bo Nix, getting him – at Auburn too was I probably more the secondary than the primary I would say but I mean you look through you got guys there, there's Bo Nix obviously who maybe Auburn fans he, he hasn't performed up to what you think he has or think he should so far I don't I don't think he's awful but I mean I won't get into Auburn talk that I'll just make a lot of Auburn fans mad then probably but I mean Derek Brown a guy that I mean he absolutely dominated college football what was it last year was it last year when he was – last year, two years ago? Really, last couple of years. He was the number seven pick in last year's draft, if that tells you anything. Okay. So, yeah, it was before. Yeah, he plays he's with the Panthers now. I think that's who he got drafted by. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, he, he's a monster. A guy Tennessee was in on in his recruitment. Rodney Garner beat us on that one. I mean, you've got guys like Derek Brown, Montrevis Adams, Carl Lawson – Alec Ogletree from when he was at Georgia, Tank Bigsby, Marlon Davidson, uh, Noshawn Marino back to the Georgia days. I mean, there's just guys. I mean, Jay Hardy, that's transfer portal talk. I mean, that that rumor came out a, a couple – probably a month ago now that when all the Big Cat Bryant stuff happened that there was like three other Auburn players, which I don't know that – I don't know that any of that ever came to fruition, actually, because I was dreaming about – Owen Papo in a Tennessee uniform at linebacker. So who knows if, if it would actually, but I mean, you scroll through. I mean, Brown too. Brown, Brown could have very easily been in a Tennessee uniform. I thought he was there for a little bit, honestly. I mean, back, back a few years ago, I thought we had him. I, I mean, you, you go through, he recruited big cat Bryant. I mean, I I feel like I've scrolled seven to eight Mar- yeah martavis bryant and Derek brown was about as good of a one-two punch a defensive tackle in this conference for a long time as you could get i mean i don't even know if you can see my screen but 90 on 247 sports starts where well, you can't really see it but you just scroll up several times keep going keep going now you're at the top then i mean it, it's scrolling fast like that it takes five or six to even find anything below a 90 that he's pulled in so i mean it, the dude just he gets studs. That's he, he gets he gets SEC football players and he's a defensive lineman. He turns them into dogs too. So I mean it, I've seen some of the reaction come out already. I know uh our guy Middleton had a post earlier. Um 
saying let's get to work big big money move something like that that i mean you, you, if you're a defensive lineman at tennessee your your stock just went up by 10 probably so kind of makes you wonder what uh Derek brooks is thinking right now just food for or not Derek brooks dylan brooks Derek brooks is in the hall of fame dylan brooks you kind of makes you wonder where was he leaning towards looked like auburn so i'm not necessarily saying that this is going rodney garner is going to lead to instant recruiting success right now within the next couple hours when he signs a contract but i mean they're being involved with dudes i mean you you there's there's dudes and then there's dudes you're when you're when you're involved with the dudes then you're you're, you're solid so i can't his even, reputation speaks for itself absolutely yeah, i can't even form a coherent sentence right now i'm so excited so i mean it's just i don't know it's and big weight I off think, the chest i think you know with garner on board now as as quick as you can find a defensive coordinator, the first his first line of duty needs to be to get in Henry Toto's ear, and and convince him that you know his best opportunity moving forward is at this university. You know I've seen the crystal balls rolling in for Alabama and all that, but he he's not gone yet. And you know if you can hire somebody competent to go along with Rodney Gardner. And, you know, everything that we know this offensive staff is capable of, that's, that's something you can sell a young athlete on. And, you know, if, you know, if I, I was in Henry Toto's shoes, I would, I would still want to hear the pitch. I absolutely want to still hear the pitch. So, um, as far as Kickstarters for this recruiting class goes, though, there's nothing bigger than Ty Simpson's commitment in a few days. Um, you, you have the usual suspects in Alabama and Clemson but I, I think uh, uh, Josh Heupel hiring has absolutely intrigued this young man and, you know, put us on a, a different level according, you know, with him. So, you know, I, I, think, I think we're in a good place. A lot of people think he's going to pick the established blue blood. But I, I think we're in a good spot with Ty Simpson. I'm, I'm with Murphy. I mean, it's, I know that's what he said. It's kind of what I'm thinking too. It's down to two teams in my mind. I mean, he can, you can float out the Alabama. I saw Ole Miss, Texas A&M. I mean, each one I think maybe has a decent shot. But I, to me, I'm with Murphy. I think it's it's what it's what me and him were discussing earlier. I mean, it's it's kind of what I'll, I'll let you say it. But I thought you had a really good point on that, Murphy. Yeah, I mean, you, you read through the article that I think it was Rivals posted. Um, He's 65% sure he knows what school he's going to. Yeah, and, and he had some interesting quotes in there. We were talking about it earlier um, earlier today, and you read through them. And he, to me, it seems like he's down to – he's got it in his head that this makes – this team makes sense, and that team being Clemson. I can go here. I can be a guy. I can blend in, win a national title or two. They're going to run the table in the ACC every single year. Or he can stick with his heart where he, he knows he really wants to be the guy at Tennessee, come in and be the guy that, you know, helps bring bring championships hopefully back to Knoxville. So to me, I, I think I don't personally I'm not in I'm not, not in his position and never will be. So I, I can't say which way I would go, but 
to me, just just kind of thinking about head versus heart, I would tend personally to go more with my heart because that's where I'm going to be the most, I think, happy and, and have the most success on and off the field. Um, yeah, I mean, you you can make sense out of all the different schools that he's involved with, Alabama and A&M, uh, Ole Miss. I mean, Ole Miss, you go play for Kiffin. I mean, that that's pretty enticing to me as a quarterback. Um, but it's going to come down to Clemson and Tennessee. I don't think he has an idea quite yet which one he's going to choose come the 19th, but uh, it, you know, it'll, it'll definitely be, be one of those two teams for sure. Um, but, but yeah, it's going to come down to what he wants to do personally. Like what kind of guy is he, is he going to think more with his head and, and think, okay, this is a smart move. I can definitely make it to the NFL if I go to Clemson or I can go to Tennessee and I can be the guy and I can bring, you know, be, be a legend if, if I can bring, titles back to to rocky top so we'll see yeah i mean it even his comments about old miss were kind of surprising to me that's what what's what i was saying earlier today he's done a pretty good job of keeping it pretty under wraps i mean you, you haven't really i don't i mean he's got a few i think his crystal ball projections are to clemson but i don't think any of there's has there hasn't been this huge i think i think you actually said it last time murphy like there's always this big kind of tidal wave right before he commits whether it's the night before whether it's about a week before you start really seeing the the crystal balls roll in you start seeing the report says he's he's heavily leaning here so he's I mean his comment I I, I'd put I mean I'm not a big percentage guy just because nothing nothing matters unless it's a hundred percent because that's that's all that's guaranteed really so I I think there's probably less than 5% chance he goes to Ole Miss, but his comments today were very glowing about Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin and Jeff Levy. So, I I mean, the more I talk about it, the more I think, like what you said, that Clemson makes sense. Tennessee's, I think, I said it last week, I think it's where he wants to be, but I, it's kind of my thing with Henry T, too. I don't, I don't want him to leave, but – if he's got a better shot, if, if he thinks he has a better shot, then that's what he needs to do. I mean, I, I don't want anybody here that doesn't want to be here, regardless of if he was a fan favorite, one of my favorites last year. If he if he's done with Tennessee, like the reports are saying, like his dad's apparently saying online, then I don't know how big of a factor his dad is in the whole thing. I Probably at least decent. So, I I mean, I want the guys that want to be here. So if if he's out, if he's if a bridge has been burned too much, if he thinks Alabama, which with their track record is the better situation, I mean I can't blame him. Doesn't mean I may not. I don't know that I'll boo him, but I mean I wouldn't be happy for sure. Don't tweet at recruits, by the way. That's the the common theme all the time. I mean, so I I don't know if he does it. Fine, it's over with. Cool want him to stay, want to keep him. If he comes back, that's very good for the future of our defense. But, I mean, honestly, we're, we're in a full-on rebuild now anyway. I mean, it, if it's not him, it's got to be another guy that steps up. So, if, yeah. if he – And, and that, that train of thought that you're running on about how you want players that want to be here goes hand-in-hand hand with the coaching staff. I think Keenan mentioned it earlier. You want guys that want to be here – to be at this university and help this team, you know, not guys that want to come here for the money. And that kind of goes hand in hand with the kids from recruiting classes that are wanting out of their 
you know, letters of intent because of the coaching changes. You know, we talked about it last week, committing to coaches instead of committing to the schools. And I understand different people commit to, to schools for different reasons and all that stuff. I understand that, but uh, it kind of goes hand in hand. And with, with Henry, you know, I understand people's frustration with it um, because it is Alabama. I mean, if he, if he went to anywhere, anywhere else, I don't right. think it would be the if, guess Georgia and Florida, it would, it right. would be a big deal. But if but, he goes, he goes to Washington, nobody bats an eye then it's, it's a hundred percent positive. I saw somebody say, um, and I don't know who this person was, but they said, I'm somebody had asked, do we boo, you know, Henry T if he goes to Alabama. And one of the replies was, yes, I'm booing him. I'm actually more apt to cheer on JG at Washington state than I would be Henry. And I think that that's kind of the mindset of, of some people is, you know, anybody that goes to a school like Alabama, Florida, Georgia, they're dead to them. But if they go, like you said, to Washington, nobody's going right. to care. Right. Um, I'm not personally going to, you know, root and holler for JG, but that's just me. Right. Um, I don't think anybody else here will. Won't, won't go out of my way now. <laughs> no, no. But, but like you said, if he wants to be here, great. And he's gotten until the end of the spring semester. That's the thing I think some people are forgetting. It's not like he's going to make the decision tomorrow and go. Because that's stupid. You're in the middle of the spring semester. You screw with your scholarship and all that mess. Right. So that's a good you've point. Got, you've got time for like guys like Garner, whoever your DC is going to be, you know, to come in talk with him. Kevin Simon, I'm sure, is still in his ear. So you you got time with Henry to, to figure that out. And and the reports coming out saying like, I mean, I checked at like two o'clock today, so I haven't I haven't checked within the last what five hours real really i mean the reports like one that one tweet that came out that keenan referenced too because i saw it too i think it was 24 7 sports like main their main page was the crystal balls are rolling in when i checked there was only two i mean there were there were two for alabama and they were both bama riders that had put them in so i mean it's it's not like you're it's not like we've got tennessee guys trey wallace west rucker it's not it's not like we've got guys like that that are saying, Hey, yeah, it's pretty much officially done. So, I mean, there's definitely traction to it. There's definitely the reports aren't coming out of nowhere. Obviously. I mean, if you read his dad's comments, then his dad, I think is pretty clear about he, he thinks he need to go somewhere else, but uh, everything you were listing there that goes, it goes hand in hand was, I mean, I think it goes back to Ty Simpson too, about guys that want to be here, guys that don't, that that was kind of my main thing, and if you say it now, you you kind of you kind of people think you sound negative. But if he chooses Clemson, if he if he wants to go be that guy that he's going to sit behind Ugalele for a year, and then maybe it's his, maybe he have to battle somebody else. But you go through the ACC. I mean, let's be honest. As long as Dabo Sweeney's there, are they ever going to be challenged? Really? I mean, you'll have you'll have a team. It's the easy way. It's the right. easy way. I mean, you'll have a team, and you see it all the time. It goes through Florida State. I mean, North Carolina's on the upswing now. You've got teams like that, but I, as long as as long as Sweeney's there, I mean, Clemson's. It's not guaranteed that they're the top dog, but I mean, going back to percentages, we were just talking about. I mean, you can't get much more certain without being certain. So that was my main thing. As you were going through all the, it goes hand in hand with this and that. I mean that goes back to Ty Simpson, too. If he wants to be the guy, wants to come back and build this up here, then let's ride. But if he kind of wants to be that guy that – I mean, I understand. You want to go to the NFL, you go to a place like that, and the odds are definitely stacked in your favor. But I hope he's the kind of fighter that wants to come here and say, hey, you know, 
maybe we suck for two years. Maybe we, maybe it's uncertain at times. Maybe my draft stock lowers, and that's that's hard. Like you said, that's hard to. I've never been in that position. Won't ever be in that position, and frankly, was never was never good enough, never athletic enough to be in that position. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dog a kid for where he wants to go. But you you hope that he's you hope that he leans that way in, instead of the I guess the the normal the the status quo I I guess is the best way to put it. So that that was you made a lot of good points there, but that kind of goes back to you just you just want guys that want to be here that's whether it's coaches assistant coaches athletic trainers strength staff the water boy I, I don't care I just I want them I want them to have orange in their blood I guess is my thing on it right you know and I, and, yeah go ahead Murph uh, well I was just saying you know as, as much as you know I want somebody that wants to be here you know, I think this recent hire, you know, as as many complaints as people are going to have about Hypel, it gives us a chance with, you know, a lot of different quarterbacks that we may have not had a chance with. And I hope I hope they're in, you know, and I, I feel confident they're in Ty Simpson's ear every night. And, you know, I think it's something that he can be successful with. And I think it's something that, can get him to the next level. Absolutely can get him to the next level. Uh, you know, if you're, you know, Dylan Gabriel or Mackenzie Milton, you know, these are, these are names that are not near as talented as Ty Simpson, but, you know, names that Josh Heupel have been able to, you know, make successful. And, you know, it, it's, it's very intriguing uh, for any quarterback and, you know, I think it gives us more of a chance than a lot of other hires that we could have made with people like Ty Simpson. That's true. I think I think Murphy's main point, I think mine with it too, is Hypel has the success, but he has it here. You on this level. You've got to – Dabo Sweeney has it on this level. And Dabo Sweeney's done like he can do it at that level. Hypel, it's yeah, you've done it here, but we we've had guys that have done it at Louisiana Tech, Cincinnati, UC or not UCF yet, but can you um, do it on the big boy level? Right. Can, can you do it? Can you do it with uh when Rodney Garner's boys are coming to take your head off? But now it's we we've got him. So hopefully, I mean that, that I was love it, man. That, that's huge. It's absolutely huge. What I was looking at too, his salary, um, his salary at Auburn was only five hundred thousand. I mean that's I guess for that. For a position coach, that's kind of – I guess it's on the upper end. But for a guy like him with the track record, and that's what I saw too, he was defensive line coach, but he had the title of associate head coach too. That kind of – I wonder how much we're going to pay him, but that could have done a lot worse, I think. I mean, that, The fact that he will take this job without having a boss basically is – it just speaks volumes for how much he wants to be here. Um, and like you said, for, for guys like, you know, Daryl Middleton and, and uh, 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 what's the kid? Uh, uh, Emerson, uh, Greg Emerson, and all these defensive linemen that are, we are bringing back, you know, that just increases their stock exponentially. Um, so, 
you know, it, it, it can't be measured. Um, I, I have people coming in the room telling me right now, do you know that we just hired Rodney Garner? You know, people that don't know much about it. And it's, you know, it, it's very refreshing. It's, it's the first hire we've made since firing Pruitt that is a surprise or a, a pleasant surprise, I should be, I should say. So, uh, you know, I absolutely – I love the hire. I love the hire, and I'm glad he wants to be here, and that's the best part. Murphy, did you have another note a second ago? I cut you off. I didn't even realize it. Oh, no, you're good. I um, I had two things, actually. I Going back to Ty Simpson, I think Keenan was the one that said that going to Clemson or a team like Alabama is like taking the easy way and, you know, an easy way to a championship. I don't know Ty personally. never talked to him, but just – watching him in interviews and like reading quotes and stuff seems like a stand-up kid. And I don't think he doesn't strike me as somebody that would, would lean that way that heavily. I, I just think that he seems like somebody that again, goes back to what we've, we've been saying this whole episode wants to be at Tennessee and wants to make Tennessee as good as it can be. So I, I, I keep going back to that when I think I'm kind of in the same spot he is. My head thinks, okay, Clemson makes all the sense in the world. He's going to go there. But in my heart, I think Tennessee makes the most sense. Um, that's all I'll say on Simpson. But talking about Gardner, I just thought of something. I want to get y'all's opinion on it. Um, without the whole defensive staff in place, it's kind of hard to talk about this now. But I just thought of it. Does does the Rodney Garner hire kind of push your expectations up a little bit on, on Tennessee next year? Or does it kind of keep it the same? Are you sort of like in a stick, wait and see how the rest of the staff plays out? Uh, yes and no. I don't know if necessarily for next year, but yeah, I would say so. I, I don't know how much he's going to, I mean, well, I mean, I guess it's going to depend on what spring practice looks like this year. I'm guessing we're going to get a full spring practice. I mean, obviously with restrictions still in place. So, and I mean, we've seen, I don't want to downplay that because we've seen what that can do to guys like uh, Wanye Morris this year where he's missing a month and a half at a time being out like that so I yeah to answer your question yeah I don't know how soon you expect to see it but with a guy like him kind of like what Ken had said what we've all said really I mean he's going to produce I mean it I so yeah I it pushes my expectations up a little bit but I think it's what Keenan said before the show too it kind of makes you wonder and we'll we'll get into that next who the defensive coordinator is because he did take it without a boss essentially so he, he mentioned something about Kevin Steele. I don't think it'll be Steele because I, I think if, if that was going to happen, I think it would have already. Now, I did say that about Jeremy Pruitt, too, when the first couple weeks of our show. So I know nothing, obviously. I'm just a talking head. So I, I don't think it would be Kevin Steele. That's a great way to promote our show, too. I don't know anything. So that's key promotion there. But, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's Kevin Steele, but – Maybe that'll burn me twice, but I don't. I don't think it's. I think if it was going to happen, I understand going through the interview process, wanting to wanting to see who's out there, wanting to see who will take it. We're obviously willing to give a ton of money to somebody since we're offering Al Washington a million and a half. Which if he didn't want to be here, that's fine. I'm, I have no problem losing out on him. But Sawyer, what do you got? You look like you got something. Well, like for me personally, you know. Gardner is the home run hire, obviously. I mean, you, you can't get much better as in terms of just the development, recruiting, the whole nine yards. 
But, you know, every time Heifel's talked or we've seen him talk on Twitter or whatever in the videos, he talks about wanting to have that connection with his players, wanting to connect with them, be a family. Well, I mean, yeah, your offense can do that because you've got a whole offensive staff. What about your defensive guys? They're like the redheaded stepchild right now. They're not They're not getting any attention. You know, they, they don't have anybody to, to go to right now. So, I mean, just me personally, I think you've got to get somebody and get them soon. But at the same time, I don't want them to rush the hire. Just, you know, I don't want them to make one of those hires say, oh, well, we got somebody, here you go. I want it to be the right hire. Obviously, I want it to be sooner rather than later, but uh, I'm like you. I think if it was going to be still, that would have happened a long, long time ago. Uh, and if it was going to be still, then Gardner would have been here a long time ago. Kevin Simon, we'd already have a whole staff like completely yeah. off. I mean, I mean, we're entering what is it, day 17 or 18 of this search now? So I think yeah. so. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, it. You don't want to rush it, and I get. I mean, you could you could have a hire for a month long, and you could still technically rush it. I guess if you just get a guy at the end that's hey, sign this real quick. Congrats, you're the coach now. So I get what you're saying there, but yeah, I mean it. We'll we'll go through the candidates next. Anybody else got anything on Garner? I mean that I think we. I think we wrapped it up. I mean, I don't think you could have made a better hire. I think that was that was your best point there. Sorry, I mean that that's that's the. When's the last time we hired someone at Tennessee that was the top candidate for the job, by all accounts, the most qualified for the job, all the fans want – I mean, who said anything negative about Rodney Garner? If you can find some – if you can find a Vol Twitter fan that hasn't wanted Rodney Garner, I'll give you 100 bucks right now. So, I mean, the last time that, that something like that has happened kind of speaks testaments to it. But, yeah, that, that's what you said basically was – there was a top guy out there and you got the top guy. There was no really more discussion on it. The best candidate was your candidate. So that's a good point. I think you're muted, Keenan. He hasn't realized it. Let's see how long we'll go. <laughs> I just want to see how long you go. We're going to place the over under on it. Man, <laughs> just let you yell at me next time. <laughs> you were deep in thought. I didn't but, want to interrupt you. But what my thing with Garner is, you know, if the hardest thing about being Tennessee's defensive coordinator with this new offensive staff may be the fact that, you know, you're not going to be able, you know, you're not going to be able to and you're not going to be expected to get a stop every down every time the offense is on the field because that's, you know, this offense doesn't require that. And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, as someone like Garner, who's been at Auburn, who, you know, is accustomed to, you know, big time defense, SEC defense, all this stuff. Uh, I, I just think, you know, it's, it's a surprise in that we got an offense, a defensive coordinator that is absolutely – you know, top of his game, you know, top, you know, top of the profession. And, you know, our defense, you know, will be stout as it needs to be. Uh, you know, we, we, we don't need to get a stop every possession at, at all, at all. You know, if our offense lives up to what it's supposed to be, then, you know, our defense will only need to get a stop every second or third possession. 
So, you know, that's, that's you know, something a defensive coordinator maybe not want to accept, but that's what we need right now. And, you know, just, just, just to get Ronnie Garner in that, in that capacity, it's, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. It speaks volumes. And I guarantee you there's some other coaches around this conference that did not think we could ever make that higher. I guarantee you there's some coaches that did not think we could make that higher. Uh, so I, I, I think it, you know, there may be, a, like I said last, you know, last week, I think there may be a little luster left to this job, you know, you know, people actually might still want to be here, you know, you know, you know, according to popular opinion, I might not be so, but I think people still want to, you know, coach at Tennessee and, and the Rodney Garner hire says that to me. Yeah, that's, that's all I had on Garner. We can get into defensive coordinators. Um, I mean, there's still, there's still nothing solid, really. I mean, that, that could change. That's why I'm, I'm checking Twitter right now, just seeing if, I mean, the way news breaks for Tennessee, sometimes it's, it's a combo effect. So I just make it. Sure I think, I think we have Garner on staff. I think Garner on staff could actually absolutely, you know, move, move the process along a little faster now. Uh, you know, because he is an absolute proven name in this industry, somebody that's well respected and, and somebody that people like to work with and actually absolutely has one of the top reputations of his profession. So I, I think I think we just, you know, streamline the D.C. process. Absolutely. Seems like the three names that are out there right now are um, Casey Rogers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's a new one that's just come out the last couple of days, not shocking after the Super Bowl. Um, you've got Wofford's head coach, which I've forgotten his name again now. Conklin. Conklin, yeah. And then besides that, I mean, like we said, Kevin Steele is still being floated out there. You haven't seen nearly as much smoke now as you have, I guess, when the higher – higher fire first went down so he's that, that's kind of something I want to get y'all's opinion on even if he's defensive coordinator if he quits to my understanding he has to pay the buyout he doesn't get his buyout money then if he just quits hey, maybe I'm wrong about that but if he's here and he don't want to give up that buyout maybe because I kind of think if if he's been told officially or on the record or off the record, hey, it's you or hey, it's not you. Maybe he hasn't been told that yet, which probably isn't a good sign. Uh, I feel like if Heupel – I feel like he should have done that already, just my opinion, if he hasn't already. So maybe maybe he's maybe he's linebackers coach Kevin Steele. I mean, maybe he's outside linebackers, safety. I, I, mean, I don't know, insert whatever position you want, maybe – well, we've got to pay him the money, say, hey, quit and pay your money and get out, or you can coach linebackers then. And, I mean, I don't want it to feel like a hostage situation because that just goes back to get guys that want to be here. I mean, I don't want him collecting the check and falling asleep in the theater room in the facilities every day just because he won't quit to give up his money. Now, if he does that, then go get uh, go get Roman Harrison – put Kevin Steele at quarterback then and say, hey, Roman, go go have some fun now. I mean, if if, if he's trying to screw us over like that, but so I, that, that kind of – I didn't know if y'all had any takes on that or not, but that was kind of my thing is maybe 
maybe he knows something that isn't necessarily a coordinator job, but maybe maybe we're looking at a linebackers coach, Kevin Steele. What do you got, Murphy? I don't see a lot of people just knocking on Kevin Steele's door right now. So, you know, if nothing else, you know, he this may be his only option. So, you know, he's familiar with Garner, and it, it, it's I'm sure it's attractive that, you know, they could be on the same staff together. Uh, I think, you know, that <laughs> – you know, over time in the past, you know, five to seven years, that's proven to be one of the most potent defensive staffs in the SEC is Garner and Steele. And, you know, I think it's I think it's something that immediately, you know, registers respect in the SEC. And I, I think it's I think it's a move, you know, that puts, you know, puts Tennessee on the map with a lot of prospects as well. Uh, you know, Garner's, Garner's recruiting chops and Steele's recruiting chops are, you know, nothing to, you know, nothing to mess with at, at all. They're, they are absolutely the top of their game with recruiting talent. And, you know, we, we could do a lot worse. And, you know, m- you know, maybe they weren't our first, second, or third option, but, you know, it, it might be the best option at this point. What you got, Murphy? I, I find it weird that that still hasn't had anybody, you know, any interest in a job or hasn't gone anywhere. It's kind of I don't want to put these two guys in the same sentence, but it's almost the same feeling I have towards Brian Maurer. Like, what is what is Maurer doing? What is Steele doing? Is there something about Steele that that we we don't know that isn't? attractive to other people because I mean this was a dude like like you just said has been at Auburn for this this amount of time and has a pretty good defense every single year so it just seems a little a little odd that he's still you know in Knoxville recruiting for Tennessee when he doesn't have an official position that's kind of weird to me um like you said a minute ago D Taylor if if it was going to be him why wasn't he already given the position by now why don't we have a staff already put together that just seems a little a little strange to me um, if it, if it turns out being steel, I'm not going to have an issue with it. I think it just looks a little weird that it took this long right. to make that decision. Um, I'll have no problem with it. I think, I think he would do a great job, um, and, and could bring a pretty decent staff. I think you've already got a couple guys that are interested in other positions. I think Willie Martinez is somebody who wants to be here and, and has interest. Um, so, so I think he could put together a pretty decent staff, but, Ultimately, it boils down to what Hypo wants. Uh, Danny White gave him full full charge of everything staff-wise on both sides of the ball. So if he doesn't think Kevin Steele is a fit for him, then, you know, I'll have to agree with him because he's the head honcho at this point. Um, I just – I go back to what I – you know, if it is Steele, why wasn't he given the job before? We, we've said it already. I just think weird to give a guy a position when he's been on staff for this long – or not on staff, but – in Knoxville for this long and, and you haven't made anything official. Right. It, it was like my point on what Sawyer said earlier. I, I understand I understand wanting to look at guys, wanting wanting to see what other options are out there, but that's that's that takes a couple of days, I think, of getting getting some prospects, maybe interviewing them, especially with so much done on Zoom. Now you're not having to fly all over the place. So that was kind of my thing then, especially if he if he which you said recruiting for us if he is actually recruiting for us that just 
I, I had read that some other places. So if, if he actually is, I mean, that makes me think like, I don't know that he would be down to the level of an analyst, anything like that, but position coach, I mean, it would shock me either way, but yeah, if he's, if he's recruiting, if he's recruiting for us, he better be here because I know as a prospect, if, if a dude comes in and that's kind of what the point we made earlier and the point I made on the last show, if I'm a prospect, I'm going somewhere because I like the school, not because I like a coach. Cause these days, I mean, you, you saw it with, um, uh, Gillespie, our old running back coach, goes to North Carolina. Ty Chandler follows him there. Well, now he's at Alabama, and that happened within the span of less than a month, I think. So, I mean, it, it, you just – I don't – I don't know. If he's recruiting for us, like, I hope he's here because that, that – not only does that look bad on the football program, that looks bad to recruits too. Sorry, you got anything? Any closing thoughts on Mr. Garner, your your coach? Uh, I'll just go back to make the right hire, man. That's all I've got to say on the matter. I mean, I agree. Make the right hire, and I think Rodney Garner makes that hire a lot easier now. Mm-hmm. I agree with Keenan. D. Scott, you got anything? If he's still, we lost him a minute ago. He must be going eighty-five. He's Jeff Gordon right now. Uh, I'm back. I, uh, this whole freaking drive is a dead spot. Oh, you're uh, good. You're good. No, I'm I'm very excited about the the Garner hire. Um, I know I talked about it a few weeks ago. I really want somebody that can that knows what to do with the defensive line. Um, you know that it's going to make sure the guys are are just absolutely dominating the line of scrimmage. That can take some of the pressure off of the linebackers in the second day, or you know, work in tandem with the linebackers because I think we have some solid athletes there. Um, but as far as D.C. goes, I mean, I, I like Steele. But at the same time, like y'all were saying, it's, it's weird. Why would he not already have it, especially if he's recruiting everything? Um, it just doesn't really make sense. Um, I like him. I like having guys that have already meshed well together, um, him and Garner. So, um you know, they, they understand the culture that they want for their program. Um, so, I don't know. I guess I will – hopefully we'll see here very soon. But, um, yeah, if it ends up being steel, that's, that's going to definitely raise a lot of eyebrows because as long as he's been with us, it's just, it doesn't make sense. So, but yeah, overall, just excited about Garner. So, excited to see what he's going to do and um, develop some of the talent that we got. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that was – I think it's kind of the consensus on that. We, I'm excited. I mean, it, we've oh, had yeah. a lot more depressing shows since we've been doing this, right? A lot more – Absolutely. More, <laughs> more confusing, more depressing ones. I, I don't – hey, Colorado's whipping Stanford right now. That's one of the teams in the 10-team parlay that, that I'm making famous. I'm going I'm to make famous. So, I can't <laughs> lock com- of the week. I can't complain right now. You'll do lock of the week. Uh, anything else on football, basketball, any closing thoughts, any uh, – oh, baseball. Baseball, uh, eight days away now. Very excited about that. Going to try to go to as many games as I can. Who do they open up with, Sawyer? Uh – Crap! I just saw it the other day. Georgia Southern. 
My, yeah, Georgia yeah. Southern. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, they opened at um, or Max Ferguson opened all SEC second team preseason All American. Um, if you haven't Pavelone seen too, yeah, if you haven't seen Ferguson play in the middle of the infield, it's a treat to watch. He's he's a stud. He's when he gets up to the plate, you're not like, hey, it's Max Ferguson. Like when I would sit back there in the press box, Zach Daniels and Al Solari would walk up, and you're just waiting on a bomb. Then Max Ferguson is a professional hitter. I mean, he gets up there. He's not looking to hit a bomb. If he can hit a bomb, he will. But watching playing baseball all my life, it's watching a guy like that go up there, and it's literally you. You hear terms like I know saw or I know um, Murphy's heard it before with a couple Braves we've had in the box that. He goes up there and he's he's not looking to do anything. Like he's he's up there to have a good at bat. He, he'll take if it's if it's a pitch on the outside corner, he'll put it down the line, get an easy double. If one floats in there, he can definitely take it yards. So Max Ferguson, uh preseason all American, Keenan said Connor Pavelloni, which kind of Makes me wonder how big his role is going to be this year because well, I know we got Jackson Greer too, who was the ETSU catcher from last year during that uh, bomb fest that I watched. That was that was a fun game to be at. But we got Jackson Greer, so I know they I know Vitello likes to run a two catcher system, and I mean that's kind of becoming the norm everywhere now, especially just over the grind of a especially a major league season, but an SEC season where you've got Vandy one day, Florida the next day. I know Pavelone, he's he's a hoss back there, too. He's a good hitter. So, I'm very excited. I mean, it's the pitching staff. The the bats, I'm not very worried about. The, the pitching staff, I'm not worried about. I just think it could take them a little bit to get going before they really get into full form. But that's the good thing about baseball. You, you've got, what do they play, 60 games close to it? Yeah. College baseball? Yes. I mean, it, it's not football where you open the season on a dud and – a Georgia State loss completely changes morale. I mean, it's the first game I covered last year was we, we lost our first game of the year. That's just the DT mush that I bring to every sporting event. So then ne- next few games, we go up there and I get to see him kick the crap out of ETSU and I see Solari round third base after his bomb and uh, swipe his shirt on the chest and point at the ETSU dugout. That's It was 30 degrees, it's cold, but that's that, that'll get your blood flowing watching – the, the, the team under Vitello, the best way to describe them, they have swagger. They they'll play with anybody you want them to. They they'll play they'll play a high school team. They'll whip the crap out of them. They'll play the they'll play an MLB team, and they'll they they're, they're not scared. They they'll play. They, I, and I think that's a big product of so many of those guys were brought in when Vitello was in that first class that they had to play young and they had to grow up then. And now you're seeing. What we've hoped was the product happen. of that exactly. Right. What we and that, that's what I was about to say. He's starting to stack talent. Um, he's starting to get a reputation for stacking talent. So you know, I I, I think you know, sky's the limit for him. Uh, you know, there's always the possibility that he could leave for another job. But don't say right that. now. I, yeah, don't I don't want to say it. I don't want to say best, it. Know, he's the best coach we've got on campus, and we have for a while. It's been my – I will die on that hill. Tony Vitello is <laughs> – John Curry did one thing – or no, not John Curry. Um, was it? Yeah, John Curry did one thing right hiring Tony Vitello. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
yeah, we'll be up there. I mean, they they opened third in the SEC East this year in the preseason rankings, which you hear third and you think football, you're like, uh, you know, the usual Georgia, Florida, baseball a little bit different. You've got the bottom dweller with Vandy. Baseball, they're far from a bottom dweller. Um, they're, what, what, is it, what is it, Vandy, Florida, Tennessee? Vandy and Florida right above us, yeah, which are the usual. Florida, Florida style. They gave Florida the majority of the first place votes and what yeah. I saw. They had like 13 out of the 14. In baseball, Florida stout, um, Vandy stout, Mississippi State's always stout. Kentucky has their years where they're they're a good they're a good program. They they have better years State, than others. A and M's good. Yeah. Mississippi uh, State's very good. LSU's always good. LSU. Arkansas. Yeah. Arkansas. Arkansas is good. So it, Alabama I mean, kind of sucks at baseball. That's always good. Yeah, yeah, that's not, always fun. They're not the best. Finding something that they don't dominate the world at, I'm, I'm going to hold on, hold on, watching that. Hopefully, y'all get to. Hopefully, I'll be at a bunch of the games this year. I'll be doing Tennessee and MTSU, so I'm going to try to make it to every one I can. So we'll, we'll. I'll, I'll like to have somebody at most of the games, especially if you're up there close by. So we'll. I mean, that's all I had, baseball. Lady Vols, I'm surprised one of y'all ain't said it yet. Lady Vols are playing right now, ain't they, against Kentucky? They lost by 15. Lady Vols did? Oh, I shouldn't have said anything. Okay. Well, what Lady Vols? I didn't I didn't yeah. say anything. No. Well, I speed bump. They, they, they're going to have they're gonna have to turn that around quick because I'm pretty sure their schedule is pretty daunting the next four games. Which they have like a week and a half off. They they had their like last two games canceled, so this is the first day they've played since uh, well since they beat Florida. Uh, so almost they, two weeks ago, yeah. I shouldn't have said it. We almost made it through the show without something depressing. So um, that's the jinx again. We'll go locks the week and we'll get out of here. I'm going defensive coordinator by our next show. What was, our, what was our lock of lat? No, my lock was okay. My lock was multi week. I think it was all that Ty Simpson ends up in orange, but I like that one better than mine. I like that a lot. I think pretty confidently, I'd say, I'd say eighty percent we have a defensive coordinator by this time next week. So percentages mean nothing. I just pulled that out of thin air there, but. If you're already hiring defensive line coaches, then coordinators got to be soon to follow, I would think. But I didn't think we'd go 16 days. And that's not a knock on Heupel or 17, 18, whatever it's been now. That's not a knock. It's not a knock on him. I mean, there's there's players in the portal is really the only reason I can think to get one in quick. But you want to make the right hire. I mean, it's February. There's not much going on. It's not really a huge time of year recruiting-wise. So, Especially when it's a top three at his position D-line coach that you're hiring. Oh, yeah. And he may not be one or two either. Yeah. <laughs> or he might be not, – might not be two or three, yeah. Well, I was going to give out the 10-team parlay for my lock, but the 10-team parlay part two has lost again already. So. Oh, man. Um, my new lock is that I will never lock a 10-team parlay. That's my new one. So, <laughs> I'll see you on your next one next Thursday. Uh, maybe <laughs> two hours from now, but okay. <laughs> Pack 12 after dark is coming. <laughs> but that's all I got. Any closing thoughts? Uh, I'll go with the lock. I think we'll see the 
first the inaugural Josh Heupel staff completed by this time next week. The whole staff, staff, everything, everything. I like it. That's bold. I like it. I like it. Well, I mean, it's not that bold, really. I mean, defensive coordinator, linebackers, which one or two, however you – if you want to, guys, for your edge rushers, I guess, which we've got money coming out of our ears, apparently. So, yeah, you got hire one to just stand back there and take a beating from them, I guess. I, then you got defensive backs, I mean, it, and special teams. So, you, you've got five spots left, really, five, six, however you want to divide it up. But it could happen. I, I could see it. I mean, I, I would say coordinator for sure, though. There's, there's got to be. Murphy, we've all got a lock. What's your lock? You gotta have you gotta have one. Um, I know I'll there's some. This week, this time next week, we'll have a because it'll be the 18th. It'll be the night before Ty Simpson makes his announcement. We'll have a pretty good idea when we discuss next week where he's gonna go. I'll, I'll say we'll we'll have that pretty much already predetermined due to people ruining it and stuff like that. But I'll go with that. I'm not too confident on the staff thing. I, I just. I think it's possible, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lock nothing in yet. So what's what's the lock of the week without locking it in? Come on now. No, I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> but yeah, I d I don't I don't know <laughs> if I'd go whole staff like Sawyer, but yeah, I'd say sure that we'll have a defensive coordinator. Hope yeah, to God. Man. Hope to hope to God we man, my <laughs> my my belief bone is <laughs> has been shattered for a long time, man. <laughs> <laughs> D. Scott, any closing thoughts? He's at the last lap of Talladega right now, though. Uh, I got a lock of the week. What's that? Um, I make it – I'm going to take the over that I make it to Charleston hitting more than half a deer. Nice. <laughs> nice. Hit the under, brother. <laughs> it, is, it is dark. It is foggy. And I have seen a ton of deer. So, I'm just waiting. One to pop out, and I'm just I'm plowing through it. I'm glad that you said it at a half because it would either have to be zero or one. If you hit half a deer, then you're you need to get out of wherever you're at. You're at a weird part of the country. Yeah, there <laughs> might be there may be one already dead in the road. That counts. Oh, okay. Yeah, we we would have a push in that situation. Then Vegas wins on pushes. <laughs> Vegas wins on D. Scott hitting roadkill in the side of the road in rural, rural Virginia. For Charleston, South Carolina. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I will never make this drive at night again. This is this is not not fun. Well, especially trying to do this uh, do this show because it's like every time I look down at my phone to switch back over to Zoom for my GPS, I look up and I see a herd of deer on the side <laughs> of the road. They know, man. They know. They know when you're looking I know. down. They're watching. Like, this, is some, this, is some, this is some bull crap. Deer is your lock of the week. I like it. Well, we'll get off here. We'll let D. Scott get off so we don't cause a fatal car crash. But uh, at least he's not. At least he's not sick anymore. Hey, I'm on a bridge right now, so I think I'm good. I, I ain't gonna hit nothing here. Yeah, if you hit a deer over a body of water, then sir, you are. Go You're buy a lottery right. ticket, something, then you, you've got some exponential <laughs> odds. <laughs> but I don't have anything else. Uh, if there's nothing else, then we'll end it right there. That's been episode seven.
Boys, thanks for checking in tonight. Thank you all for checking in, and go Vols. Go Vols, baby. Take it easy, boys. Go Vols. See you guys.